Welcome to Tough Cookie Talks. I'm your host, Jenna Josephowski, but you can call me Jenna J. I'm a semi-retired professional dancer, dance teacher and yoga teacher, turned certified personal trainer and kettlebell instructor who helps active women learn to lift and get strong with equal parts challenge and compassion. After years of working in the fitness industry, I got sick and tired of watching people, including myself, run themselves into the ground trying to uphold the narrow-minded image of what our culture sees as healthy and fit. But instead of giving it all up, I decided that I'd rather change the game, call out the BS, extract the good, and help others learn to use movement as a way to build themselves up rather than tear themselves down. On this podcast, we'll explore the intersection of fitness and anti-diet culture and all the gray areas in between. We'll let go of shoulds and judgment and dig into tough conversations with curiosity. Things get pretty spicy around here. So grab your headphones and let's do this. Hey friends, welcome to Tough Cookie Talks. This week we are back to talking about fitness things. And this episode feels really timely for me right now because as some of you may or may not know, COVID swept through my household a couple of weeks ago. And so there were a few weeks where I definitely did not work out to be expected, I would imagine. And I find that a lot of my clients, whether they have gotten sick, COVID or something else, or they're just dealing with the fucking world right now. Lots of people seem to be taking breaks from working out. Heck, even if it's for fun things like going on vacation or spending a little bit more time outside doing fun stuff. Regardless, when you haven't done a formal workout for a bit and then you get back into it, it's important to be able to set yourself up for success and to manage your expectations around it so that you have a positive experience, an enjoyable experience, that you're able to avoid excessive soreness or injury or even just frustration. So if you're somebody who hasn't worked out for a minute and you're trying to get back into it, I think there can be this sense of just kind of frustration around it, particularly if your break has resulted in weight gain or you've lost some muscle or some strength or you're feeling out of practice with your normal activities and everything just feels hard. I'm here to help. I got you. And before we get into this conversation today, I also want to remind you, this is important. So listen up. Write it on a post-it or something. If you have not worked out or done any activity for a while, and then you try to get back into it, it is going to feel hard for you, regardless of your body shape and size. Let that sink in. If you have not done any activity for a long time, and then you get back into doing that thing, it's going to feel hard for you regardless of your weight, shape, and size. That is just how this works. So yeah, probably expect to feel a little bit sore, to feel sweaty, to feel out of breath, to feel stiff, whatever. That's okay. Let's normalize that. It's not a moral failing on your end. It's a part of the ebb and flow of all of this. So 
keeping that in mind as we move through these tips, let's talk about how to set yourself up for success. My first tip is to start at the beginning. And before we get into the bulk of this one, I want to remind you that the beginning should be in air quotes because that's going to be different for everyone. That is going to depend on where your baseline is. And for all intents and purposes of this conversation, let's say we're talking about lifting weights. In previous episodes on my Instagram, I often make mention of the strength savings account. And if you haven't already listened to the episode about that, please do. It's a really good one. That's episode number seven, and it's called Redefining Consistency, Strength as a Savings Account. That's going to be a really valuable listen. But when it comes to building strength or building skill or capacity or whatever you're trying to do, the more you do that thing, the more you build up your baseline. And by baseline, what I mean is what you can naturally do when you're out of practice or you haven't done it in a while and you're jumping back into it. And you may or may not know this about yourself. So definitely something to explore. But when it comes to starting at the beginning, what that actually looks like is testing the waters and then rebuilding your strength and rebuilding your skills from a strong foundation. So for example, say we're talking about squats here. What you don't wanna do is think about like the heaviest weight that you used the last time you squatted two weeks ago or whatever, and then just pick that up and jump right into it. No, you're gonna wanna ease into it. So you can keep in mind to yourself, okay, I know I squatted with this weight that two weeks ago or whatever. And so I'm going to take it down a couple of notches. I'm going to go from there. And then I'm going to slowly work my way back up based on how that feels. You want to avoid trying to jump right back in where you left off because number one, it might not feel very good. It might be too much, too soon, too fast. And an important thing to remember is being skilled or advanced in anything doesn't mean that you always do the hardest thing. It means that you're wise enough to know that it's okay to feel like a beginner sometimes. And so that means, yes, even I, personal trainer, experienced lifter, that I am still start out with things like body weight squats and lighter goblet squats or squatting with just the bar without putting any weight on it at all. So this is okay. Start at the beginning, find your baseline, and then know where the beginning is for you. That's number one. Number two, let go of expectations. So I know this is easier said than done, and I get that. But if you're about to compare yourself to where you were a few weeks ago, a few months ago, a few years ago, the last time you did that activity, you're gonna set yourself up for failure and you're gonna be disappointed. It's unreasonable to expect that if you haven't done something in a long time, that it's going to feel easy. You need to ease back into it. And this is one of the reasons why I'm constantly reminding my clients that progress isn't linear. It's not. When it comes to strength training, it's not just like a constant, like straight up 
arrow towards success. Like you're not always going to continue lifting more and more and more and more weight. It's going to ebb and flow. It's going to go up and down sometimes because you physically are not able to do the thing. And sometimes because you just don't feel like it and that's okay. So expect that you're going to have a few setbacks, but you'll be able to work through them more successfully if you focus on doing the best that you can on any given day. And your best is going to look different from day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, etc. It really just depends what season of life you are in. Number three is put form first. And I say that with a little caveat, I guess, that sometimes I think we stress about this a little bit too much. Meaning people are like, oh, watch your form, be careful. But like there's so many myths about what good form actually is. And in many cases, when I'm giving my clients a form check, a lot of the tips that I might give about an exercise are not necessarily like, do it this way or you're going to hurt yourself. Oh my God. No, we don't need to be fearful like that. But a lot of times what it is, hey, do it this way and it might feel easier. It might feel more comfortable for you. So that's the part that I want you to keep in mind. So when we're thinking about focusing on form, focusing on technique, what I really want you to pay attention to is how the exercise feels in your body, making sure that you're not like blasting through or pushing through an exercise that feels like a little painful or tweaky or something feels off because you're insisting on doing the hardest variation or using the heaviest weights. So pay attention to how you're feeling. Slow down. Listen to what your body is telling you. And if it feels good, then increase the load and intensity. If it feels good to you um, and maybe feels appropriately challenging, I like to describe that as being like more wow than ow, then you're probably doing a pretty good job with that. And I will say this, if you're working with a personal trainer, this is also something that they slash we um, can help you out with. So those are my thoughts on putting your form first. Number four is using rate of perceived exertion to measure difficulty rather than trying to hit a certain number or weight. So rate of perceived exertion um, is also known as RPE. If you ever follow a strength training program, you might see that listed in there. Um, or, you know, you might hear trainers just like throwing that acronym around like we tend to do with acronyms about things. RPE is a way to measure the difficulty of an exercise and how hard you're working without using technical calculations. Essentially, in my mind, it's listening to your body. So for example, instead of deciding you're going to go to the gym and you're like, I'm going to lift this amount of weight for this amount of reps, because that's what I always do. Try to go for lifting an amount of weight or doing an amount of reps that feels similarly difficult. And then when it comes to adding weight to that, test the waters with curiosity and presence instead of judgment. So what that might look like when you're rolling up to the gym 
and you think about rate of perceived exertion. There are different scales that people measure this on. I like to do on a scale of one to 10, one being like, you know, sitting on your couch doing a whole lot of nothing and 10 being like the heaviest weight that you ever lifted in your life and you can barely finish it, but you did. So like the hardest thing ever versus like not a whole lot. And so when you think about what you're doing on that scale of one to 10, if you're like, okay, last time I did squats with this amount of weight and it felt like about a seven out of 10, then instead of going immediately back to that same weight on your first workout back, you're going to find a weight that also feels like a seven out of 10 in that moment. And the whole RPE thing and listening to your body is maybe a whole nother conversation for another day. So if you're not familiar with that, uh, let's put a bookmark in that and we will maybe dive into that and how to use rate of perceived exertion RPE to listen to your body at a later time. But it is valuable. Suggestion number five is to set realistic and achievable goals. So this is especially helpful when it comes to when and how often you're going to work out and double, especially if you're going through some shit in your life and or the world. So for example, if you tend to get busy and distracted throughout the day and you know this about yourself, then plan to do your workout earlier before those other things get in the way. I hear this from my clients a lot. It's like, oh, well, you know, I really, I really want to work out after work, but I'm always tired after work. Or I always just wind up having too much on my to-do list for the day, and so then I never get to my workout. So know these things about yourself. If that's you, do it earlier. Flip side, if you're not a morning person, If you're not a morning person, know that maybe you need to do it later. And also early is relative. It doesn't have to be, you know, 6 a.m. Life is different, I think, now more so than it's ever been. And your life is going to continue to change and evolve. And if you've had some sort of life event that's caused you to take a break from working out and you're trying to get back into it, have patience with yourself because you're going to have to reestablish a new normal. And that can be hard. You have to get that momentum going again, which can feel like you're not motivated, but you know how I feel about that. Motivation's overrated. So have patience with yourself and start with goals that you're about 90% sure that you can achieve. So you can always add new challenges later after you accomplish the original things. But start simple and be reasonable. You want to set your goals for the person you are today as opposed to the person you were, you know, three months ago or the person that you want to be next year. Keep that in mind and that'll make you feel more successful in the long term. Suggestion number six is to let strength training complement rather than compete with the other things that you love to do. So I think one common trap that we fall into, and I see my clients do this a lot, especially in the summer, where it's like, oh, well, I'm just not going to lift this summer because uh, I really want to go on more hikes. Um, Or people are like, oh, my God, like, I'm worried that I'm not going to be able to work out on vacation. And in these cases, a lot of times we're missing the point. In my opinion, strength training is not meant to take over 
your entire life, but it can make your life easier. So talking about like travel, vacations, hiking, all of those things. Weighted carries, for example, farmer's carries, suitcase carries can then translate into like dragon bags around the airport or like the one time my wheels broke and I literally had to carry my suitcase. Um, lunges and step ups are things that are going to make your hikes feel easier. Those are just really, really simplified examples. Um, but notice these moments and how the types of movement that you do play in with each other, allow them to coexist and know that you don't have to choose between an activity that you love, um, and something like strength training. That's a little bit more structured. Suggestion number seven, don't be afraid to ask for help, especially if you're already paying for it. Y'all, I see this so often with my clients, and some of you might be my clients listening right now, and I want you to listen too, because yes, I'm talking to you. If you have a coach that you're paying, make sure that you're fully utilizing all the services that they have available to you. So if you're working with a personal trainer, you might ask them for some tips if you're struggling with that mindset piece. Ask questions about how to make an exercise feel better in your body. If you're a part of a fitness community, um, like my group, for example, Tough Love Strength Club, reach out to other members who are sharing a similar experience. The internet especially, I think, is a really powerful interaction tool for finding like-minded people. Um, But a lot of times... We pay somebody for their coaching services. My clients do this especially. Um, And you think that you're just paying like all this money for personal training. But what you don't realize is maybe your coaching package also comes with um, access to an online course that might help you with some of the mindset shit like mine does or that might teach you about something like RPE. Or it might offer access to coaching, whether that's group coaching calls or one-on-one coaching, which is something that I offer in a variety of different ways to my clients. Make sure that you're fully utilizing everything at your disposal. I see far too many people either A, not asking for help. I see this a lot with like friends and family who aren't working out as often as they want to. And they're like, oh, I really want to get back into it. I'm just, I'm just not motivated. And I'm like, I know what you can do. And they're like, oh no, no, I know what I need to do. I just need to fucking do it. I just need to get off my ass and do it. Like that's what people say. But in many cases, asking for help from a professional, we can help you see through some of the shit that's getting in your way, whether that's like external barriers or whether that's some you know, internal bullshit that we need to sort out. But that's what fitness professionals are there for. So make sure that you reach out to one if you need help. Um, And remember too, that if you're working with a, a trainer, at least I think any good trainer is there to support you. And there's no shame if you've missed a workout or 10 or whatever. I see this a lot from my clients too, where you know, maybe they haven't worked out in like two weeks and I haven't heard from them because they canceled a session or something like that. Um, and then come to realize like they're really struggling through something um, that I could help them with. But there's this like guilt and shame I think we have associated with not working out. Um, we feel like it's an us problem, but in many cases, sometimes 
you just need a little bit more support. So I guess to wrap this all up with a nice little bow, I want to remind you that it's normal for things to feel hard, especially when you're getting back into it. If you've taken a break, guess what? You're probably going to be sore. You're probably going to be sweaty. You may be out of breath, depending on what you have going on. This is normal and fine. It's not a moral failing and it has nothing to do with your body size. All right. I also want to point out that anybody who makes any of this look easy likely has years of struggle behind them and or a whole lot of privilege, which is stuff that we're not necessarily talking about. Um, I think about myself, for example, coming back to that idea of the strength savings account and the baseline. This is something that I've been doing for years. So you might see me doing something. Let's come back to the squats just for an example that you're like, holy shit, that weight looks so heavy. She's got so many plates on that bar and she's doing all of that coming back from the break. Well, yeah, maybe. But like what you didn't see is the years and years and years of consistent lifting that I've been doing or like all the privileges that make this whole thing easier for me. Like, let's just shout out the fact that this is my career and I literally work at a gym. Um, But there are a lot of things that play into this. And that's not when we see, that's not what we see when we see posting this stuff on Instagram. Although I'm like, I really should start like, hey, here's my failed overhead press from today. And by the way, my arms look like this even before I started lifting because genetics, like we don't do that a lot. I mean, I think we're seeing a little bit more of it, but we don't see that on a daily basis. And we definitely don't know the backstory behind what we see other people doing and or what we imagine happens to them behind closed doors. I think a lot of people have assumptions about me um, and what I do. And you might be quite surprised to know that I took a chunk of time off for a little bit, but back at it. Anyway, I want to encourage you to cut the comparison And focus on doing the best that you can for you in the moment, whatever that looks like for you right now. And finally, I want you to remember that it doesn't have to be all or nothing. So that's pretty much all I've got to say about that for today. I hope you found this helpful. I hope you can use it. Feel free to hit me up in my DMs on Instagram at it's Jenna J. Ask me questions. Let me know how it's going for you. And I also want to let you know that I currently have a couple of one-on-one personal training spots available, which almost never happens. Truly, truly. I've had a wait list uh, probably since like winter because my availability has been so packed, but I do have a couple of spots available for new one-on-one clients. I will link to that in the show notes so that you can check that out, see if we might work together. Those spots are available both in person, if you're local to the Chicago area, don't mind driving up to the North Burbs, or you happen to be far and away because I do the virtual shit too. 
So again, I'll leave a link to that in the show notes. If you like this episode and you want this message to reach even more people, go to Apple Podcasts, click rate and review, and please leave me a five-star rating and a review. This not only helps me, but it's going to help you too, because at the end of the summer, I'm going to be doing a drawing and the winner of that drawing will be winning a book, an anti-diet culture book of their choice uh, that I will buy for you and send to your house so that you can continue on this journey and continue to deepen your learning about how to do this whole fitness thing without diet culture together. Anywho, that's all I've got. Um, enjoy your day. Have a, it feels so weird to even say like a great week, wonderful rest of your day because life's been pretty lifey, but hey, you know, have a great day if you're down for that. Um, have a day, have a great week or like just get through the week. Okay. Take care. Thanks for listening. And we will talk soon. Thanks again for tuning into Tough Cookie Talks. I'm so glad you're here. If you want to learn more about me and how we can work together, visit my website, itsjennaj.com or follow and tag me on Instagram at itsjennaj. I would love to hear from you. If you liked this episode and want to hear more, make sure that you click subscribe and follow along so that you don't miss a single show. Then take a moment and leave me a five-star rating and review so we can help this podcast and this message reach even more people. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.